Okay, I'm here with the Biscuit Beast and James. We're going to interview him. I'm going to change his voice a little bit because he is a working man and he wants to keep his identity uh, semi-private or totally private if possible. What should I call you, Beast? That's fine, yeah. <laughs> Beast, can I ask you about your background at all or no? I'm kind of curious if you can talk in general terms about were you political your whole life? How'd you get involved in this? Actually, uh, I was not political until, uh, really until uh, early 2018. And I started to get more and more outraged at what was happening. Uh, I've, I've known about Collins for a while, and I actually had the idea for, for dressing up in a costume uh, some time ago, but uh, was finally moved to act after the uh, Helsinki summit, Trump and Putin, in July. And that's that's when I said to myself, I got to get involved. I got to I got to start doing something. And we've got this battleground right here in my backyard. That's uh, it's going to be really important. So that's when I got involved. Forgive me if this is wrong, but you give a little bit of either an athletic or a military vibe or something like that. Were you in the military? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was in the Marines in the uh, mid '90s. So you're a former Marine. Is that why the Helsinki thing upset you so much? That was a really big reason, yeah. And, and in particular, you felt that it was betraying the country? Yes, absolutely. And you thought, and because of what? Because he was kowtowing? Or, I'm, I'm sorry to press the point, but I just want to... I was upset, too. I just want to see if we're on the same page. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I thought for some time before that that, uh, that Trump was compromised and that he was being controlled by Vladimir Putin. You think he is... Uh, uh, literally an agent of the, uh, the Russian government? Not an agent. Uh, I, I would call him an asset. Uh, they've, I think they've got personally compromising information about him as well as financially compromising information. And they're, they're controlling his every move right now, I think. I, I think his wealth is a mile wide and half an inch deep. Uh, he lives a very fragile existence. And I think he's done some things that have put him in a more of a precarious predicament. And I, I don't think he ever thought he was going to be president. No, I don't think so either. I, I don't think he really wanted to. He just wanted the attention, I think. Yeah, he's, he seems to crave attention. You're doing this, and it takes a lot of guts, I know, because you're out there on the corner. Usually, where, where is it? Main and Transit? Yeah, yeah, it's my, my favorite spot. And you get... I think more positive than negative, but you get some negative, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, it's, it's way more positive than negative. But, uh, you know, just using uh, last week as an example, you know, uh, we got flipped off a couple of times. Uh, some guy yelled, uh, get a job. And uh, there's definitely some, some hostility directed at us. Do you see any correlates between now and, this, and previous protest movements or previous moments in history where there was social, where there was demands for social change, like the '60s? I see a lot of, of parallels between now and the '60s, and you know as well as I do, maybe, um, you know, in the '60s there was people who were cheering the guys with the crew cuts that were harassing people and 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 being so horrible. There was people calling their Vietnam uh, protesters awful names. Do you feel the same now that we're going through a similar period of upheaval and that uh, and of social change? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I I uh, 
I didn't experience all of that firsthand, but uh, you know, reading about it, nothing like this, like this current atmosphere has, has existed in my life. And I feel like we are, we are really heading into uh, interesting times. This is our opportunity to stand up. I think it's a dangerous time. I really do. Uh, you were a part of my election. I didn't know you. I, again, I didn't know your identity until today. But you were a big part of my campaign. And because uh, people were drawn to you. They thought it was fun. They thought it was interesting. They thought it was different. But I think that campaign, you saw so much misinformation and the willingness for the other side just to do whatever they wanted uh, and say whatever they wanted to win. Do you think we've gone to a period of politics where people will just win at all costs sort of thing? Or, or where do you see the, the local political scene in the, in, the, in the race we were involved in? Well, I think the biggest takeaway from Trump is there's no more standing on the sidelines. Every single person has to get involved in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, we end up where we are right now. So, lo you know, local politics is a great way, like I mentioned earlier, that's what uh, attracted me uh, to act, really. We had this, this big fight right here in uh, New York 27. Why do you think Collins, or any politician, continues to stick by Trump? I think there's so much party over country. You know, you see people wearing t-shirts saying, I'd, I'd rather be a Russian than a Democrat, which astounds me. But somehow that's, that's where we are now. It's just party loyalty. The party, on the Republican side, the, the party at all costs, even over the country. You obviously don't like President Trump. Why do you not like Mr. Collins so much? You're, you're funny. Your Twitter feed. What's your Twitter feed again? <laughs> it's uh, biscuit underscore beast. Your Twitter feed's funny. It's, funny. it's engaging. It's edgy. Uh, why are you so anti-Collins? You know, we know why I'm, I'm anti-Collins. Why are you so anti-Collins? He has done absolutely nothing for the district. And he, he seems to think that, um, you know, it's, it's his birthright. He, he's Lord Collins. And he does what he wants. He serves the wealthy. He serves his donors, uh, the powerful, and everybody else. He, he doesn't care. I mean, he, he won't appear in public unless it's a, a tightly managed event and he's surrounded by supporters. He won't meet with constituents. He's condescending. Uh, he's, we deserve so much better than what he's given us. Well, you were out there with me. We went to every uh, bar, every, uh, any type of public event or fair we could, um, and we lost. We barely lost, but we lost. And we lost in large part because of people in rural communities did not vote for me. Um, for whatever reason, they believed this man, who was so unattached and disengaged, was a better option. Why do you think that happened? I think it's uh, a case of, of party loyalty. If people, if people don't take the time to, to really take an objective look at the information that's out there, you know, they get, lots of people 
get their information from, you know, Fox News, and they don't bother to take an objective look at the information that's out there and really, really ask themselves, hey, what has this guy done for me? And, you know, they just, it's just party, party, party. I'm going to vote for the Republican. I canvassed uh, for the first time ever um, during your campaign. I was, I was uh, motivated to go canvassing, and I heard it so many times, you know, from people. No, I'm, I'm voting for the Republican. I'm voting for the Republican. I, I can't vote for a Democrat. Now, what, <clears throat> what was the reaction of people when they opened the door and saw a giant cookie monster? <laughs> <laughs> I did think about doing that. Uh, I, I went incognito when I canvassed, but uh, that, that, uh, maybe I'll have to try that the next time. How do we win then? Now, I'll be, it's pretty clear I'm contemplating a second run. I'm contemplating, I don't want to get, I feel I have a, a duty to stay involved and I feel I have a lot of experience now that will help me be a better candidate going forward. But part of me thinks, what's the point? I mean, how were we going to win? Because you saw the support we had. You saw the hundreds of people coming in. You saw our, our campaign office was like a party atmosphere. People were excited. And that is what hurt me more than anything else. Is like It seemed like we had so much motivation and so much support, and we still lost. How do we win? I think that you were on the right path. And maybe with a little bit more time uh, to get the message through, I... It was so close. I, I really think that uh, the path you were on was the correct path, and continue to to reinforce uh, doing the right thing for everybody, you know, regardless of political affiliation. You know, uh, continue to reinforce the fact that uh, you're a genuine person with honesty and integrity. And everything that you do is built on a, on a foundation of compassion for everybody. And if you just keep pounding that message home, I think it'll work. You're the kind of person I want on my side because I can feel you're a good man. What I think we need to do, though, I'm going to keep... What people are not aware of is that these positions between Republican and Democrat, they change frequently. It's like they're interchangeable. Positions that were democratic positions when I was a kid now seem to be conservative positions in some instances. That general idea that we need to do what's best for all, that's something that we should all believe in regardless of party affiliation. Party systems on both sides can be dangerous. Um, James, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think with what we're seeing here is just a period of polarization that hasn't been seen know since the end of the civil war i mean it's you know fortunate to say that you know there's no bloodshed or anything like that happening but you know a lot a lot of people kind of with what you said uh biscuit beasts are just voting party over country and that's blinding them and i think uh that's especially detrimental when you have um you know polls have shown numerous times that the majority of Americans want Medicare for all or you know, want uh, infrastructure projects funded by the government, want, you know, even hearing the Green New Deal become popularized because of Ocasio-Cortez. So, you know, just a lot of productive things that could 
you know, potentially and possibly happen, but, you know, that, again, blind party loyalty gets in the way. I'm going to try to keep pushing uh, across party lines. I, I think I have to, and I think we have more time now, and we can do something better. Beast, what are you going to do next? Are you going to st- you're still standing on the corner. What's going to, what's going to happen next? I want to, I want to get a preview of what you're thinking about. Well, I'm just going to keep, uh, keep pounding on the fact that Mr. Collins is not doing his job, that he's corrupt, and we need change. And just try to keep that in front of everybody, just keep reminding people of that. Uh, now, nowadays, the news cycle, being what it is, uh, things happen, and then they just fall off the radar almost immediately, and they're replaced with something else. So I just want to continue to be out there and, and keep some things in front of everybody. Things like uh, the fact that uh, Collins has never held a town hall, you know, that, that he refuses to meet with constituents. I, I want to keep those things out in front of everybody. So let's say he uh, resigns and there's a special election, which I think is what's going to happen. Then uh, maybe people will think, hey, uh, maybe I shouldn't just blindly vote for whichever Republican steps forward. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't just blindly vote for this guy. Maybe I should take a look at the alternative because uh, blind party loyalty hasn't worked out so well. And we're going to see it on the national side, too, as all these guys associated with Trump get rounded up and and indicted. Well, I think we don't give up no matter what. And I think the not just from politics, but throughout my life, is you don't accept no from anybody. You keep pushing. And if we keep pushing together, um, things will happen. For example, don't tell us we can't have town halls. We're going to have town halls ourselves. And the first town hall is going to be next month in February. We're going to have an open town hall. You're welcome to come. You can even come and say you hate the Biscuit Beast. You can even come and say you hate Nate. I don't care. Just come. It should be happening. And we're going to have a town hall probably way out somewhere near Canadagua. Uh, Beast, will you come? Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> Good. Is there anything else you want to wrap up before we go? Anything you want to say or, or you want people to know? Again, reiterate that everybody's got to get involved. Everybody can do something. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I never canvassed before. I never, I never worked for a campaign until last fall. And, uh, man, I, I tell you what, I made so many great friends. I met so many great people. And uh, it, it, was, it was really exciting. It was a lot of fun. And uh, everybody's got to get involved. Yeah, we lost. But I'll tell you what, for me and for a lot of people around me, it was life-affirming. Because I met so many good people. People who would make homemade chili and bring it in. People who would uh, go shovel out their neighbor. I mean, it's just the kind of people you want to be associated with. And working with that type of group for something you really believe in, which is a better country, and for values you believe in, which is making sure that all Americans have a shot. It was life-affirming, like I said, and I'm so glad you were part of it, sir. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We'll keep in touch. And James, anything before we go? Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Beast. Great to meet you. Maybe I'll dress up like uh, Count Dracula and we can count the amount of uh, indictment charges against Mr. Collins. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, wait, I, I got to ask that. What is with all the other costumes? What other costumes do we see out there now? Uh, Beaker, the, the Swedish <laughs> chef. Uh, we had Gonzo out there one time, Fozzie Bear. Uh... Waka waka, huh? <laughs>